Hello, listeners. This is Rand from Randomosity. I know it's been a while since I've done some recordings. Well, I did one yesterday regarding runners and giving them tips on running outside for COVID-19. So now I'm going to switch gears with you and talk about some of the movies that I was watching while this virus was happening and just give some reviews that I have. So... See if I can start with with the most recent, or whatever I can remember. So recently I saw the movie The Belko Experiment, and I wanted to watch this movie, and at first when I, well, let's see, let's do some research on this one. This one's basically a horror thriller movie, and it was produced in 2016. According to IMDb, it has a 6.1 out of 10 stars, so it's fairly good. Like, it's not the best, but it's fairly good. And, let's see here. The writer of this movie is James Gunn, who did Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm excited to see the third one and how it's going to play out. So when I saw this one, um, I did see the trailer for it, and I thought it was, like, really... um, really cool and had a cool uh, twist to it and as I was watching it um, yes it does have like a cool twist and the twist uh, spoiler alert ahead but if you don't want any spoilers then you can pause and listen to it later but it's basically basically like being in an office that nobody wants to be in and they're told to do certain tasks and finally there's somebody out there that's just like telling them to off X amount of people or everybody will die basically. So they each had to um, kill certain people so they could survive and everything. It's like survival of the fittest in a business environment. And if they didn't then, oh yeah, and also each person had like um, a chip planted in in the back of their heads that would explode if they didn't cooperate. And there's like a scene in there that kind of um, threw me threw me off a little bit. So again, spoiler alert. But the main character, let's see what his name is on here. I can't remember his name. The main character, Mike, Mike Milch. There's a scene where he figures out that um, they're they've got these bombs planted in everybody's heads so then they want to find out he he decides to go uh, in there and try to remove that chip in the back of his head so when he does that or he tries to the the voice that's like telling everybody to off everybody is telling him to stop to not remove the chip or that his head will explode right there and so but it's kind of interesting how they the camera angles it in a way. It angles it so that you only see um, his his hand who that is um, trying to move that chip in the back of his head, and you don't see that part like that. You don't see his hand, so it's like cut off. So it's like um, left to the imagination of the audience to see if he actually removed that chip or not. So just. And I liked that bit because then all throughout the movie after that I was like thinking, did he remove the chip? Did he not? 
And if he did, uh, did he... Um, is he gonna... Did the people who are monitoring him find out and stuff? So I thought it was a cool twist. And then in the end, you find out that he still had the chip in his head because he doesn't um, press the button that has his name on there for, like... Because um, when he finds out that he's being controlled by some guys that are, like, just... um. Um, behind a computer that has everybody's names on there and whoever's name is on on the monitor they would like click on that name and that person would have their head explode and his name was on there but he just um he collected everybody else's uh bombs that were implanted in their heads afterwards after they were killed and stuff and used those bombs to uh explode everybody who was in on, like, the conspiracy theory, I guess, of, like, being watched and stuff like that. So it's an interesting twist, but I really thought that, like, when the ending was revealed that he still had that chip implanted in his head, but he didn't press on his name, obviously, because if he did, then he would off himself. So, yeah, but I thought it would be a, a much cooler twist if uh, he just, uh, I don't know, if he were just, like, he removed the chip beforehand and was able to get all that he, uh, was able to escape that uh, society of, like, whatever. So, yeah. So, yeah, anyway. So, that's just my take on that one. So, that's my review. And even though IMDb... Uh, gave it a 6.1. I would give it a 7 because it was like a really cool twist. So I gave 7 out of 10 stars for that one. The other movie that I watched while being quarantined was the movie Parasite. I wanted to watch that in theaters before it all happened, but I just haven't had the time and I was like looking for a job at, at that time and finally got a job and I was like thinking like, okay, well, since... We're in quarantine, kind of. I might as well just watch the movie Parasite. So with the movie Parasite, it's like one of my favorite foreign films now. And I, this movie was suggested to me by a bunch of people because um, I said that there's some horror theme in it. And I do like horror. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not, like, seeking out horror all the time. But it's just like, um, um, I want something new. And... And I really wanted to watch Parasite, but um, this was the type of movie. This was the type of movie that I, that I really needed to sit down and watch it and pay attention to it. Because normally, when I watch a, well, the reason being is because this whole movie is is in Korean. I don't know Korean. I wish I knew Korean. I wish I knew a lot of languages so that I could watch all the movies and understand what is being said. But since I didn't know Korean, obviously, the only languages I know is English, Malay, Indonesian, a little bit of Chinese, and some German and Spanish. I know more German than Spanish because I had a really good Sp a German teacher that taught me a lot. Anyway, going back to Parasite, um, and it was released last year, um, my favorite, well, I guess I'll get to my favorite later, but out of that movie, I give it, well, 
out of 10 stars, I give it 9 out of 10 stars because it is really good. It is like a perfect movie explaining of like how a simple person in like the the lower class can get into the higher class for like business or like making money and stuff like that. Because it, it's true what they say, like it is who who you know when you want to get a job and stuff like that. Like, when I had a job, like, working in the film industry for a little bit, my professor knew me and trusted me and asked me to help him with a film project that I did a while back. And so that's how I got the job, and I was able to help with that, doing transportation, helping people get from point A to point B for their scenes and the sets and stuff like that. And I met with a lot of famous people that that I saw on like YouTube channels or even like um, saw from like uh, videos or movies that I enjoyed watching as a kid. So I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> this is awesome. And so anyway, with, with that being said, like Parasite is basically, uh, to me, like a building block of showing like how it, it's who you know that will get you into whatever you need to be successful in life. And sometimes it's like... How much will you bend to actually be successful in a way? Like, what are you willing to do to get this far? And that's how this movie gets into that, and I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it if you get a chance. Again, if you, like, if you don't un understand Korean, grant... Thankfully, they have subtitles, but this is just a type of movie that you're going to have to sit through and... You're going to have to read the subtitles, obviously, to understand what's going on. But yes, there are like body language to understand what's going on without the subtitles. But if you really want to understand what's going on, you have to read the subtitles if you don't understand Korean. For those who do understand Korean, you have a heads up and that's great. And I wish I knew that language. But maybe over like uh, this quarantine or like in my free time, I'll just pick up on Korean. I'm thinking of picking up on... Uh, re-picking up on like Chinese and German because I think those would be fun languages to actually be fluent in in my opinion right now. So yeah, that's my review on Parasite. I highly recommend it and it's radar for violence and uh, disturbing scenes and even language. So just a heads up on that one. So yeah, there you go. The other review that I have is for the movie Guns Akimbo. This one has Daniel Ratcliffe in it, and it was released on... Uh, when was it released? Well, it was released last year, but I was able to see that during the, the quarantine. And that was probably the first one of the first uh, movies that I rented on YouTube. So... I saw the trailer of this and it was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. And I, I was interesting that you just have like Daniel Ratcliffe with like guns bolted to his hands and he has to do everything he can with his hands as guns at this point. And, and you're like, and through the trailer, you're like wondering why does he have guns in his hand? And so, but this was, I, I'm just going to say that, like, um, this movie wasn't my favorite movie. Like, like, it had some cool scenes in there. It had the cool idea of having Daniel Ratcliffe, a.k.a. Harry Potter, 
with guns in his hands instead of wands, but um that the cool part was like him trying to manage having guns in his hands and how to deal with that. There was even a scene when he was trying to use a bathroom and he has guns and, and these are guns bolted to both hands. So for him to use the bathroom, it was a bit difficult. They even showed like how it was going to be difficult and stuff and we didn't need to see that. So that was partly why it's rated R. And I'm not the type of person that's going for like radar movies. Like I don't enjoy watching radar movies. It's just um, if it has a cool story, and I can s look past all of that bad stuff that I don't enjoy watching, then I'll be okay, and just sh shut it off and just like move on. And because I understand there are some scenes in there that that's necessary for the plot, and if and if it's not necessary, then why keep it type of thing. Anyway, with Guns Akimbo, um, I give it a 4 out of 10 stars. Yeah, just to be clear, 4 out of 10, not 4 out of 5. It, it just didn't, like, to me the trailer was more intriguing than the movie. But that's just me. Like, it did have, like, the Scott pilgrim type of vibe but it felt like it was trying to be like scott pilgrim but there's no way that it was going to match it because scott pilgrim is so much better in my opinion and i almost like it had potential to be better but it fell flat for me like there are just like some weird scenes where um there's like a girl in this scene who's kind of like hitman in a way not really hitman Kind kind of reminded me of like the movie Nerve, where everybody's like watching these people um, kill each other off, and they have to like uh, uh, do certain tasks to win. And if they do, they get more people watching them. They get more subscribers, if you will, more viewers and stuff like that. And the same thing is happening. Guns akimbo. Like, there's a girl out there that's like killing off these men, and when she's doing it, people are watching her. They're watching her on their phones and all electronic devices and they're just like rooting for her and everything and then all of a sudden Daniel Radcliffe's character comes into play and he has to kill her but um he's not a killer type so the guys who like forced him to have to kill this girl they uh, bolted all those those guns in both of his hands to have him do that and Again, it had potential, but it fell flat, and I, I don't highly recommend watching this. Like, uh, to each their own. Like, if you enjoy, like, a lot of action and um, gunfights and stuff and some corny dialogue that sometimes doesn't make any sense. And if you want to see Daniel Ratcliffe with guns bolted to his hands and he's in, a, in his underwear and also um, at times he has, like, uh, those uh, bear... Uh, slippers on on his feet when he's running and stuff then yeah if you enjoy watching that then this is a movie for you but for me I would give this a four out of ten stars so this to me would be on the band list v-a-n-n-e-d and not the rand list <laughs> so there you go the other movie that I would like to do a review on is the invisible man that was released in 2020 I really I also watched this when I was being quarantined. 
I really wanted to watch this in theaters. Like, this is one of the movies that I wasn't even planning on watching in theaters when it was coming out. But then, when the whole quarantine with COVID-19 came out, I was all like, crap. Dang. So what am I going to have to do with this one? So, so then when it was like, um, when there was an option on YouTube where I could rent it, I was all like, okay, I'll rent it. It was a bit pricey, but I decided, well, why not? I... This is probably one of the first uh, movies that I watched while I was in quarantine. So I was like, okay, I'll watch this one. And I really like this one. It was a modern intake on on the original story with the Invisible Man. That was by H.G. Wells. And um, with H.G. Wells, uh, he made the Invisible Man kind of like... Well, he was like a villain in a way. And... He was invisible like his skin was invisible, like it was more um, physical. And it was like his whole body was invisible. So he, he like grew mad because he, um, I guess he just couldn't see himself in the mirror. And he's just like um, wreaking havoc. And that's what's happening in the book is like he's just going mad because he's invisible. And he's like... Um, doing things and all the policemen are like wondering what's going on like if it's a ghost or something like that and it's pretty good good book i highly recommend reading the book and then years ago they did like a an adaption of it called the hollow man and it had kevin bacon in it in it and also it had uh josh brolin in it who played thanos so and i really liked that one because it stayed with the idea of like um having the invisible man be like invisible like his whole body is invisible just like in the book and and if you watch like the behind the scenes of that movie it is really cool um what kevin bacon had to go through like he had to be in different types of color so that um it would work well like he had to be in green so that when they're like in the post-production of like removing him, they they would just like show that he wasn't there. And because when you, when you use like the color green, you can like omit that color in the editing post and take her and make it look like he wasn't even there. So it's a pretty cool way to do that. And they did that with blue too. Like they painted him blue so that he would um, go invisible in some areas as well. And they're, and it's just like really cool what they did with the and it was all practical like they did do some CGI in there but the CGI that they did with that um, they did that for the transformation when he was like um, transitioning from being like fully uh, tangible human and you can see him and then he's slowly disappearing into uh, like all muscle and you see veins popping out and then eventually it's his skull like his skeleton that you see and then eventually nothing after that so it was pretty cool that transition was probably the coolest thing out of that movie that i enjoyed with like hollow man but anyway going back to the invisible man that was made in 2020 that the modern adaption of this one was pretty cool instead of uh the invisible man being like, his skin is invisible, he invented a suit that could be invisible. And that's cool, because it's modernized to a point 
of Lycum showing that this could actually happen. And I thought that was really cool. And it's like a perfect satire on um, invasion of privacy when you're watching this movie. Because the woman, the main character in this movie, the woman in this, in this movie, um, she... Um, she has an abusive husband, and the abusive husband wants to be about um, being in everybody's space and having complete control and stuff like that. And he wants to do that without anybody watching, and, and it's kind of creepy. So, with like the woman, um, who's played by Elizabeth Moss, and she, she tries to get away from him, and he fakes, he fakes his death and everything, and just like makes it so that she can inherit all of his all of his um, belongings and properties and, and even the house that's like a huge mansion and stuff like that but um and then uh, over time you find out that he like when he's faking his death you kind of think that he probably is dead and then m maybe um She's seen things like I, I like the aspect of like whenever the, the invisible man was there, she thought that she was hallucinating and they could play that easily by I thought the whole thing like when I first heard about the invisible man, I thought it was going to be like all in her head and that she was just like seeing the invisible man and that it was affecting her and the way she was and that she was going to be like a have like a split personality or be schizophrenia and stuff like that but and that would have been cool too if they would have gone that route but with them going the route of like the abusive husband and inventing technology that could uh, make yourself invisible that was cool too and i don't know if there's gonna be like a sequel to it and i don't even know like um um of what like, if this is going to be connected to some universe that's happening, because um, it was under Bloomhouse, and Bloomhouse is known for making a lot of scary movies. And I know Warner Brothers, no, not Warner Brothers, uh, Universal, Universal were trying to make, like, a universal uh, multiverse of, like, monsters being connected to each other, like with the mummy, Dracula... All those universal monsters like Creature from Black Lagoon and stuff like that. And I'm not even sure if they're still trying to make that universe or it's even dead. But if they're trying to reboot it with the Invisible Man, I don't even think uh, Bloomhouse is under Universal. I don't think they are. So I don't think that... Um, yeah, I don't think uh, the Invisible Man for... For this year, the movie for this year for The Invisible Man is under the Universal title for them trying to make the Universal um, monster uh, multiverse. Like they're trying to do with Tom Cruise's The Mummy and uh, Dracula Untold, which both movies were terrible flops of trying to boost that and... But we'll see. And I, I did hear, like, um, uh, recently, like, Ryan Gosling pitched the idea for a Wolfman movie. And that actually wouldn't be a bad idea. Like, he's, he's a good actor. So we'll see how that works out. And 
if it's going to be under Universal and it could be like a better reboot. Uh, well, like yeah, a reboot for um, trying to make a Universal Monsters multiverse movie, whatever they call it. So, because yeah, like a, a while ago, uh, Johnny Depp was pinned down to be the Invisible Man for that one. So that's probably why this movie, The Invisible Man, with Elizabeth Moss, is not going to be uh, under Universal Studios, which would make sense. Though, if they were to buy that movie and keep it as a Universal, that would, that would be cool. But it's under Blue House, so it has nothing to do with Universal Monsters. And they have every right to use the Invisible Man because the Invisible Man is under the book. The Invisible Man is under the public domain, so they can do whatever they do whatever they want with that one. So, and as a review for my uh, uh, the Invisible Man movie, I give this movie a nine out of ten stars. Highly recommend it if you get a chance to watch it. It's a must see. And if you're going to see it, it probably would be best to see in the dark since it is a horror, mystery, sci-fi movie. So there you go.